0: Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane,
1: and I'm Rick Rommlech.
0: What up? What it is? What's up, homie. Just having a hey? How's your How's your day going, terrible?
1: man? Terrible. Well, started off really well, and then the uh, Browns okay. started playing football. The
0: Browns, the classic clowns, Browns. I don't want to talk about it, dude. I would so here's the thing for, for those who don't know my some people don't like my approach to the Browns but here, here's the thing well it's probably because you're a Steelers the, fan let's just I am let a Steelers people fan know. Pittsburgh, anything professional sports Pittsburgh first and foremost after that it's the city of Cleveland because I've got family living in both areas mm-hmm. dad sides from Pittsburgh mom sides from Cleveland so growing up I had a choice who am I primarily gonna root for well my dad was the one who's into sports so I was geared towards Pittsburgh so love Pittsburgh um great city as well so i always every single year and i get get flack from steelers fans and browns fans for this but mostly browns fans because they are the ones who particularly don't like it every year i root for the browns to come second in the division Mm -hmm. behind the steelers Mm -hmm. like i want the steelers to win the division the AFC North, and I want the Browns to come right behind them because I, I want the Browns to be good. Like I, right. I like see, I like it right. when the Browns are respectable, which is really
1: never happened in the last thirty years. Yeah. So, <laughs> right.
0: So pre ninety one, I was I was pretty excited for today's game. Yeah, I was really hoping that they would be they would be the team that everyone's been hyping them up yep. to be, and they laid a huge egg.
1: I know it's terrible. I will say I was glad my Packers won on Thursday, beat the Bears. Everyone was pulling for the Bears. Packers pulled it out in Chicago. Yeah, Packers looked
0: great, man. Uh, that's not true. I mean, I mean, great-ish. They, Ten to three I, is kind of sloppy, yeah. but I don't think their a defense of, was a bunch of what.
1: No, I mean they just weren't. They just they were very good. I don't think they played very good. I don't think Chicago played good. I think uh, it no, was no. Sorry.
0: I definitely said that a little too strongly, but what I was getting at was that their defense was surprisingly yes. effective. Gotcha. Yep. I didn't expect their defense to look that good, but at the same time, with Mitch Trubisky on the other side Mitch of the ball, Trubitsky. like that may have been which part is of the a reason. a phenomenal
1: name for a quarterback.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, it's not translating to phenomenal play. Fortunately, and I'm and I'm rooting for the Bears. Oh, yeah? Like they're another team. Yeah, I mean since. Since they went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Colts, like they haven't had a good team, at least not a tremendously good team. So you're a sympathetic supporter. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. Okay.
1: Well, cool. Maybe one of these teams um, has been chosen to win more Super Bowls than the other.
0: Maybe they've been elected to win more Super Bowls than the the other. At least at this point, one has. (laughs) (laughs) So with that being said, Uh, we're talking about election today. What the what the confessions say. mm about the doctrine of election that's right we're looking at the abstract of principles the new hampshire confession the 1689 london baptist confession and the all famous westminster confession of faith and as we look at these we're trying to say uh okay like these are some historic confessions and, and there's there's Dozens, and, mm-hmm. I mean, probably hundreds of confessions of faith out there throughout the history, but these are older ones that have stood the test of time. They're uh, orthodox, and we agree with them for the most part. I mean, there's differences like between the Westminster and the 1689. There's difference between all of them, but uh, these are these are really good confessions of faith. And just to give a brief um, recap of what we've talked about previously, we appreciate the confessions. Because what they do is they're kind of the the guardrails to prevent us from going off into um, heterodoxy or embracing a, a heresy of some core some sort. Um, just pr- it protects us from embracing false doctrines.
1: There you go. I think it, the, the value we've talked about this like almost every episode in the series, but the the value is that it um, one of the values I should say is. It clears away some of the junk. Um, that's a terrible way of saying that. <laughs> it, it helps us it clears to, the junk. Well, oh, no, but like if, if you have a, an issue or something, a theological topic, and you want to say, "Man, where where traditionally have as a church stood on this?" A quick go to can be the confessions and the, the even the creeds. Yeah, the confessions to get more in depth and try and, and, and get a more robust perspective on, on different things. So, yeah
0: yep yep so i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna say something
1: real quick we we you say it rob and i we talk about this a lot what we're we're doing but we are recording oh over um on the line on the line
0: on the line and And by on the line we mean on the phone line
1: yeah and we haven't done this since like episode like two or three
0: no we we did one we did one more recently than that
1: it's been a year i guarantee it
0: oh it probably has been at least a year but we, we, I think I think the, was the last one that we did on missions when I was in Florida? Oh, telling Telling about yeah. those massive bugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That may have been the Maybe last so. time. Anyway. I don't know. We try we try to record in person and just feel like we can have a better, I don't know. Interaction. Better flow of conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, so, if this one seems strange to you guys, then we apologize. And if but it's just Rob is... talking
1: and you can't hear me, you can't hear this explanation. Then there won't be an episode. So... <laughs>
0: There won't be an episode if that's the case. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so
1: we're going to dive into election here.
0: Yeah, let let me. um, So, how about this? How about it? Let's read. We'll read the abstract and then we'll also read the New Hampshire. Not back to back, but which one do you want to read?
1: I'm going to read the abstract.
0: Okay, because the London and the Westminster are, are just too long to read on here. Yeah, but there's really good stuff in there, so we're gonna we're gonna point to some things in each of them mm-hmm. that we like. Um, the London and the Westminster guys, in a lot of ways, are ca- carbon copies of each yeah. other. So we've said this before, but the Westminster came out before, and then um, the Westminster is very Presbyterian, so they believe in some things that Baptists would disagree with, some things like church. Polity or ecclesiology, um, and things like baptism and some various other little things, but so the the Baptist said like this: this confession, of faith is is the money, but we want to <laughs> we, we want to tweak it a little. That's probably
1: bit. what they said, Yo Gary, yeah, in their own seventeenth the century
0: way. <laughs> <All right>. Theodore. <laughs> This confession is the money. Okay. Um, so anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna read here that, the that was my best English accent, which can, wasn't can you get
1: a little more Welsh <laughs> in that, please? Just a little more. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so anyway, the Baptists they took the Westminster and they said, you know what? Like we love most of this, but let's tweak it a little bit. And so that's what they did. So um, if we reference 1689, oftentimes that means that yeah, the same thing is going to be referenced in the Westminster, and when it comes to election they are essentially on the same page. Carving copies. So, Rick's... Yep. So this is, again,
1: the uh, Abstract of Principles. Um, it was formed in 1858, and this is what Southern Baptist Theological Seminary holds to, um, and it's yep. something that Rob and I, it's a document we closely align to, and this is their statement on election. Election is God's eternal choice of some persons unto everlasting life, not because of foreseen merit in them, but of his mere mercy in Christ, in consequence of which choice they are called, justified, and glorified. Mm.
0: So, so um, I was just going to say, one thing, one go thing I'm
1: going to pull out on this and just talk about is um, this idea of, of election. This is highly um, controversial in some, no, in some circles. No, people agree. It, it, We're all on the it, same plus, page. It's a difficult Doctrines of grace, the five points of Calvinism, these are difficult doctrines, um, and, and most people don't just arrive at them quickly or with haste. There's an element of a lot of thought and prayer, but it does and really then, challenge then, who you think God is and how you think the whole your whole faith works.
0: Yeah, and then there's the people who, when they do arrive there, which we, which we hope you do, we think it's biblical, um, but if you don't, we can still we can still call each other's brothers and sisters in crisis, this isn't one of those topics, but we, um, f- for those who end up getting mm-hmm. there, they tend to get a bad rap because mm-hmm. they get really excited about this thing, this, and they get a nickname called, like, the, the cage stage, mm-hmm. so cage stage it's Calvinist. like, hey... Th- Mm. Yeah, and so what that essentially is is like, oh, this guy just discovered the sovereignty of God in all things, including salvation. This guy's really excited about it. We just need to lock him up in a cage for like six months (laughs) so that he doesn't hurt anybody (laughs) by being overzealous about this thing. Put him in a cage. Let him him come out in six months. Yeah, exactly.
1: Here's the the ironic thing about this. And and this is the people who, um, and and I get why. Like people understand this. uh, They get a more clear picture, I would strongly argue, of who God is and it's a more magnificent more beautiful picture and they get really really excited about that so they want to share that they want to share why it's so important to their faith but they claim to be uh, to have full faith in the, in election that God's over these things but then they act as if like I have to be the one to tell you it's like whoa, whoa. do you believe God's sovereign over everyone's salvation right or not <laughs> like which one is it here so, they, so That's the thing man
0: like It's funny. If you're if you're a Calvinist maybe you're a new Calvinist maybe you're in that cage stagey uh, part of your understanding but I th- guys if you if you fully you believe in god's sovereignty and all things you don't have to get upset with somebody who disagrees with you <laughs> like right. if they disagree with you then you can just entrust them to god's sovereignty yeah. to go ahead and, and hey like if the lord wants to show that to them let him show it to them in, in his timing so and don't say don't be don't, one of those don't say cowardice. well
1: i guess god just hasn't <laughs> elected you to receive his <laughs> whatever deeper revelation. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But, but, so w- one thing on this abstract, I want I will pull out that because this is the idea that God is essentially choosing uh, before eternity, like outside of time and space, He's He's electing His people. Um, it's not because of foreseen merit or, or goodness or their righteousness. This is simply His will. It's a mystery to us. We do not know why He picks some. Um, to to adopt them and bring them into his family and a part of the bride of Christ. Um, so, and that should create great um, humility and compassion for us because we did nothing for our salvation. We did nothing to be um, adopted into God's family. So it's not any kind yeah, so, of works or anything.
0: So that, that portion that you read right mm-hmm. there, not because of foreseen merit in them. So that goes against the common illustration that people use, like, Oh yeah, I believe in God's election. I believe that he looked down the corridor of time right. and saw ahead of time who would choose him and those are mm-hmm. the people that he elected. Mm-hmm. The the confession says no. It's he didn't elect them because of foreseen merit, not because of something that they would do. Mm-hmm. Because if God was making his decisions based off something that they did in the future, then that would make them in the authority over God's decisions. Exactly. But it's not because of forcing merit. It's purely and completely out of grace and out of mercy. Um but the the end part of that touchdown fact uh, Patriots, I'm sorry. Oh man. I turned it off so I could focus. No, I'm watching but it. But see my feed <laughs> was again.
1: quicker than Rob's and Rob's a big Steelers fan and the Patriots have beating him. So we're yeah, gonna look well. play by play. So what's
0: that making now? Sixteen, about to be seventeen, nothing? You betcha. Classic. Dude Mike Tomlin cannot beat Bill Belichick drives me nuts. He did last year, but it was too late like a, season. Nobody cares at that point.
1: Like, there's like white hair coming out of his beard. It's kind of a...
0: Needs plucked. Mike Tomlin or Bill Belichick? Mike Tomlin. I was going to say, you, you, there's nothing you can critique about Bill Belichick. The guy's clearly doing everything right. Who cares what he looks like? The <laughs> <laughs> guy knows how to win. <laughs> Go ahead and critique Mike Tomlin. Um, okay. Um, but anyway, back to the important <laughs> thing here. <laughs> I should shut it off. I should. <laughs> the, uh, the end of that on the abstract says... Um, in consequence of which choice, they are called, justified, and mm-hmm. glorified. Mm-hmm. And we get that from Romans 8, where, let me see here, yep. So, verse eight, eight 828, that's the really famous mm-hmm. one, um, which says, "...and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose." But the next portion is where they get this portion, this idea that they're called justified and glorified. It says in verse 29, "For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son mm-hmm. in order that he might be uh, lost my spot in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers, and those whom he predestined he also called, and those whom he called. He also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And so, what we see in those verses right there, 8, 828 through 830, is that God predestines and then he calls and then he justifies and then he glorifies. There is nobody who gets left, who falls through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Every single person that he predestines mm-hmm. is, in fact, called. And every single person that is called is in fact justified, and every single person who is justified is in fact glorified. There is a 100% success rate with God. He didn't start a work and then fail to finish it, but he completely finished it. And so the idea that we could lose our salvation somewhere along that, that we could be predestined, that we could be called, that we could be justified and then somehow not be glorified is unbiblical.
1: I think it's interesting. What are you doing over there? Well, I just turned my light on and looking at the passage. Oh, as
0: um, I was gonna say, I saw that bright up. That's right,
1: illumination. No, I think it's interesting that we even even people who, who might fall into uh, reformed soteriology they believe they believe that the doctrines of election, the, the doctrines of grace, um, we we are often quick to think of these things in in enjoy the doctrines, but yet forget about that that God has promised to bring us to completion, that he has promised to to do this work in us. Not that there's not grace-filled effort, there's not work, but that he is the the primary doer of our sanctification and brings about the sanctification, the becoming more holy, more like Christ. He does that, and um, we can almost act as if we've we have all of our theology and all of our information locked down, then we'll, we'll have like this phenomenal faith. And it's really as we begin to, to walk out and to live out the, sim, the simple theology, the, the simple things of the faith, that we, we become more like Christ and his work fulfills, or he's fulfilling his work of making us holy and making us like Christ.
0: Yeah, I see you dropping our our podcast Mm, name in that that. that explanation. Nicely done. Okay, so I'm going to read now the New Hampshire. So the reason that we read these is to bring context to the topic that we're talking about. But then also, we think these are beautiful confessions. Like Mm. they are really, really well written. And so I'm going to read the New Hampshire because I, I, I think it's so well written. And for us to be able to sit and listen to people before us who lived hundreds of years before us, put on paper what they believe the Bible says mm-hmm. about this topic is, is really a, a gift to us to be able to live in the time that we live, to where we have access to all these things. And so uh, we, we love all these confessions, but the two that we're going to read are the two shorter ones, the, the abstract and then the New Hampshire. So here, here we go in the New Hampshire. This is chapter nine of God's purpose of grace. And it says, we believe that election is the gracious purpose of God. According to which he graciously regenerates, sanctifies, and saves sinners, that being perfectly consistent with the free agency of man, it comprehends all the means in connection with the end, that it is a most glorious display of God's sovereign goodness, being infinitely free, wise, holy, and unchangeable, that it utterly excludes boasting and promotes humility, love, Prayer, praise, trust in God, and active imitation of His free mercy, that it encourages the use of means in the highest degree, that it is ascertained by its effects in all who truly believe the gospel, that it is the foundation of Christian assurance, and that to ascertain it with regard to ourselves demands and deserves our utmost diligence.
1: Mm. Take a breath, take a minute. That was good. <sighs> That's right. I, I, there's a, Where's I mean, there's, the Gatorade? There's, <laughs> replenish, get those electrolytes. Yeah. There's a lot right. in here, um, and, and this is a massive topic. It starts out of God's purpose of grace. Like these are massive issues. So I would really encourage people to to follow the links um, in the show notes and to, to read these on your own, kind of just walk through them. Um yep. And as I was I was walking through this and, and preparing, one of the things I just want to pull out and, and talk about. Um, is this passage where it says it is, that it is a most glorious display of God's sovereign goodness, being infinitely free, wise, holy, and unchanging. So it's, it's the most glorious display of God's sovereign goodness. And it talks about these attributes. And, and I want to start from the last one. That It's important. It's, it's unchangeable. This isn't an, a new idea. It wasn't like God, this is his round two, like, okay, well, you know, I, I chose Israel, and, and that didn't work out, so I'm going to choose another people, and hopefully hopefully, they like me and accept me for who I am, right? That, that's not how this went down. It He has yeah. pursued this for our good and primarily for his glory, and he does that in a way that um, he's infinitely free and and wise and holy to do all these things. So so it's not like he was kind of put in a corner and says, Okay, fine, I'll just pick my people, they'll be my people, everyone else, you know, have fend for yourself or anything like that. Like this was his design for his for his glory, but also remember it's just his sovereign goodness. And and I was yeah. I mean, like, there's elements to election that I struggle with, like not like I just I just don't think it's real, but I struggle, okay, Lord, how does this work out? Um, It's interesting. I'm going to share this thought or this. um, I was reading a book, J.I. Packer's book, um, Knowing God, famous book. Knowing God. J.I. Packer's still alive at this point, as far as I know. So I want to read this book before he dies. (laughs) Um, Hopefully he doesn't die in the next few days. Anyway, um, he talks about this idea of um, a road. And there's people who are like... On a balcony, looking down on the road, he says those are like balconiers or whatever on the road. And they can talk about the road, the length of the road, the width or the material or, you know, the, the design, the condition, and they can make all the comments they want. But it doesn't really matter. What matters are the people, the travelers who traverse the road, who, ha- hmm. who have to actually deal with the width or the condition or the what the road has been paved with, like for them, it actually matters for the people, on the balcony, it doesn't matter. They're just talking. So with the doctrine of election, it, it can sometimes feel like we're just on a balcony talking about, you know, God's, God's choosing people in his design and his sovereignty as if it's insignificant to our daily life, but it's not, we are the travelers. And, and, and part of the, the, the journey we're on with the lord is he is sovereign he's chosen his people out and he is good and he's free to that he's wise and he's unchanging and he's holy and so as we're travelers on that road we need to trust that our sovereign lord has mapped that out and laid it out well for us we don't have to understand it all and i'm not trying to abdicate or, or get off the hook i'm just saying we do have to trust him in that
0: yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um one of the portions that that's that a really good illustration. Good good old JI. Oh, J. JI. Um I'll have to text him, let him know. He goes that, he goes by, that by that's Jip. That's a good illustration. <laughs> Jip. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jip. <laughs> he goes by Jip to his friends. <laughs> okay. So uh a portion that that I that I marked here was that um after it lists that portion that you had, Rick, it then goes on to say that uh, God's election encourages the use of means in the highest degree, and so we've had, so we've already done a topic, mm-hmm. or we've already done an episode on election. So, if you want to hear us um, kind of get into the weeds a little bit, you can go to our website, type in election, and you'll see that episode pop up. Uh, but then we've also done an episode on compatible compatibilism. And what that is, is that's showing that even though God is sovereign in all things, he still uses the free will of man, that his complete sovereignty Mm -hmm. and mankind's free will, they are compatible. And so that's where we get that doctrine, compatibilism. Mm -hmm. And so this this confession is kind of fleshing that out just a little bit and saying that, yeah, God's sovereign, but his election encourages the use of means in the highest degree, so it's not that we're just like robots, so right, to speak.
1: Just waiting to be activated or something.
0: Yeah, God has designed us in mm-hmm. unique ways. He's given us um, inclinations. He's given us personalities. He's given us skills and talents. And he he uses those things to accomplish his purposes. And election being one of them, mm-hmm. salvation being the, a massive part of it, but he, he uses the means of his people mm-hmm. and his creation to accomplish that. It's not that he just created it off to the side and said, oh, I guess I'm going to do some extra things here and uh, they're just going to have to deal with it. Right. It's, he, he uses them as the tools in which his, his mission, his purpose is accomplished.
1: Out mm. of preach, man. Out of preach right there.
0: <laughs> I feel like that's your response a lot of times when I finish. It's like yeah, I don't know what to say. Uh, uh that, that that'll preach. Yeah, okay. Next thing. Rob, do you not like how I responded? No, I love it. It's encouraging. That'll
1: preach, Rob. Just that'll p- preach. <laughs> <laughs> that'll preach, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. no. Um I okay, think Okay, so it's,
0: now, it's now intu- well, I just want to pause on. Good. Well, let's let's hit the pause button. Beep. Pause. Okay. Okay. No, no. no. Go ahead, Rick. Save All what right, now say. the listeners aren't going to hear this part. No. <laughs> <laughs> now not, not that we're paused, um, I don't want to skip to the next part, confession part. I want
1: to talk for a minute about the compatibilism piece that you mentioned. I think in this, this is what we do because we're human. We're humans, and we are we, linear thinkers, and we want to figure things out. And um, I truly believe Scripture is writ, written in a linear, logical way. So I'm not talking about comparing it to Eastern thinking, and um, it's very clear but we can get hung up when we don't understand how things work at times meaning how is their free will and how is their election and how does that work um i don't know but i do know what scripture talks about and it talks about that that there i mean it's all through romans 9 ephesians 1 john 6 44 that lord calls us right it's his his doing but he does give us all the other attributes the ability to choose and it's one thing to also understand that you do have um free will before there's regeneration um and you will always you, you have the freedom to choose christ or sin. but you're just always going to choose sin like that's the, mm-hmm. it's, and it's freely you're like you are gratifying to the full degree your, flesh. your will um and your yeah. will at that point is corrupt but i i, I want to just touch on the fact that you're pursuing your free will That's sinful before there's regeneration and then also just remind people like there's an element where You're not gonna have all this worked out and, and and just be at some peace with that again God's sovereign Um, if you deny the sovereignty of god wherever you land and all these things That's that's a real problem Not just theologically but also in your orthopraxy how you actually live your life Um, you have to you have to hold that god's sovereign over all things or else um one, you're going against all of Scripture, and you're going, which is primary, and you're denying the, the Holy Spirit. And then you're going against church history, and you're going against um, the proven doctrine. So, anyway.
0: Yeah, and just to clarify, when you say all things, you, what do you mean? You're, you're not necessarily... Um, like, you and I would agree that he's sovereign over salvation, but and we would put that under the umbrella of all things. But there are people who um, would, would be on the Arminian side of things rather than the Calvinist side. We're not saying that they're heretics. <laughs> no,
1: yeah, yeah i think they would even say okay is god sovereign meaning is he, is he the creator of all things and he's the first cause cause he he yes. will create something out of nothing therefore so you're refuting open theism over everything
0: yeah yes yeah so you're so there's a there's also a a false teaching out there called open theism which says that god does not know the future and some people who couldn't um comprehend the, the fact that okay if we are free creatures and if we're truly free then God doesn't know what we're going to do and so they came up with this doctrine which is which is not a true doctrine um, it has a lot of holes in it but mm-hmm. it's called open theism saying that the future is open no one knows it including God yeah um, which we would we would disagree with and people who would disagree on election would still agree that God knows the future um, mm-hmm So, and to build off what you were saying earlier as well, when it comes to like choosing, uh, we're free to choose. RC Sproul says, "Yeah, you're free to choose. It's just you'll you'll always choose poison." Yeah, like right. And so, uh, it's that whole notion of we are corrupt, and we want to gratify the flesh, exactly as you said, Mm -hmm. and we need a new heart Mm -hmm. to give us new affections. And and that's, I mean, that's the illustration that the scriptures use and that it t- removes the heart of stone and God replaces it with the heart of flesh. So we're given yeah. new desires and new affections. We're free to pursue what we most desire. Yes. But prior to God making us alive in Christ and giving us new affections, the thing that we most desire is gratifying our flesh.
1: Yeah. And we even feel that
0: that'll preach out, by the way
1: uh we even feel that <laughs> thank you, we even thank, feel you. That thank you like today like even as every re- as regenerated souls we have our flesh and then until we die or until christ comes back we will have that um that that we have to wage war against um and in christ is there helping us with that and that's this the whole premise of think- sanctification that he's working in us but we have to have um grace-filled yeah. effort as well so yeah. One of the things, as I was reading through
0: the... Hold on, hold on, hold on real quick. A good book on that. If you want to read a good book on that. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Edwards' Religious Affections. Mm-hmm. Great book. Now talking he, about those very things. Is he still
1: things. on the speaking tour for that?
0: Yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's going to be at t for g this it- year. Or next year. Yeah, yeah. Good. He was at TGC this year. That's yeah, right. next year he'll be at T4G. Oh, John Eddy. Love that guy. Yeah, Jonathan Ed. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so- no, he's long dead. He's long dead.
1: Um, so, as I was going through the, the London Baptist, and this is London Baptist Confession of 1689, um, one of the things, and this is similar to what I po- pulled out before, but it says in point two, uh, this effectual call is of God's free and special grace alone, not from anything at all foreseen in man, nor from any power or agency in the creature, being wholly passive, therein therein being dead in sins and trespasses so um obviously that uh, first portion we, we i talked about that how that like and, and rob you you chimed in on that really well like it's not because there was like foreknowledge it's not because we did something god chose us because we're good or anything we're not but rather it's his free choice but at this point it, it pulls out a little bit it's a longer confession it pulls out this this idea that that we couldn't do it because we were dead in sins and trespasses and this is something and i Man, I tell you, I feel like I harp on this too much, but just talking about how we are um, without Christ, we're deadners, and this is Ephesians two one. We are without excuse. We're in need of a Savior, and so if we understand that better, not to beat ourselves up and be like, "Yeah, I'm just I'm just a wicked person," you know, I'm a wretch. No, if you actually understand where your 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 proximity before Christ, your proximity to who God is then once Christ intervenes for you and once he, or you acknowledge and you you understand how he's intervened for you, it makes the gospel and it makes the, the grace and love of, of Jesus Christ so much more beautiful. Yeah. But if you say, you know what, like I was doing all right and then I just kept messing up and I, I, I know I needed something in my life and so Jesus came and I, I started this relationship and, and things are great, like that's good but you don't understand how lost you were and and yeah. how great of a chasm was between you and god that christ uh, reconciled you to him it's a great work
0: yeah well i mean there's there's even people who take that kind of like what you said like oh I was, I was messing up like um but there's people who take that and will say like oh yeah before jesus my finances were out of control. Mm. We were in debt. Yeah, we had we owed so much. And then after Jesus, I and mean, after we started applying biblical financial principles, mm-hmm. we are now past debt. <laughs> we paid off this and so many. And it's right. all about this this money. Worldly gain. Yeah. What a low view of the gospel. Yeah. And and what a, I mean a false gospel right. in that.
1: Well, but the man,
0: gospel, and that's not to say that like financial biblical financial principles aren't good things like sure they're good things but that's not the gospel
1: and i don't mean to to like oversimplify this but essentially this is the layout you're dead and then christ comes begins to wake you up to new life and then says come and die right you're dead to your sin you you have no choice then christ awakens you and shows you the love of the father and then says now come die to yourself and follow him, yeah. You know, it's not yeah. come and you know things will be good, or, or come and church is gonna be amazing now and you're gonna enjoy it. Or it's like come and in, in, and die to your, your your pride and your arrogance and your desire for a worldly gain, all those things. And and not that you can't maybe have some of those things, I mean, pride and arrogance, you should, but nothing you can't make good money or, or whatever. But you have to be willing to lay all that aside, and that's I mean, that's what Christ has called us to,
0: yeah. That's because, that's a really good because word because
1: we're elected because of his, God's sovereign uh, choice and His election.
0: Yeah, and and so okay, so the next portion right after what you're saying, and this is the 1689, and this is the Westminster. Um, what chapter is it? Chapter, chapter 10, I believe. ten, yeah, for both of them, and they have they have like Dude, sections saying. numbered yeah. out because of how long they are. So this is section two. Rick read the first part of it, but the second part of it says until being quickened and renewed by the holy spirit he is thereby enabled to answer this call and to embrace the grace offered and conveyed in it so both of these confessions are saying that yes the individual mm-hmm. is the one who answers the call and the one who embraces the grace offered mm-hmm. however they are not able to do that they don't have the capability to do that until first being quickened and renewed by the Holy Spirit. So just as Jesus died physically and was raised to life on the third day, it now says that we are raised to life by that same spirit. Right. Spiritually. Yeah. And that that will also happen to us mm-hmm. physically, for those who will die physically unless Christ returns, but like we will die physically and then be raised to back up to physical life mm-hmm. but that is that is only happening because of what first happened spiritually that our dead spirit our dead souls were completely separated from god and yet he came to us made us alive and then now that our eyes have been opened and our hearts have been our hearts of stone have been replaced with the heart of flesh and we've given new affections and new desires we then see the gospel for what it truly is and we say yes i want that i desire that i embrace that i wholeheartedly throw myself onto jesus and what he has done so that i can enjoy him more so i will yes i'm alive in Christ, but I am willing to die to myself so that I can get more of Christ because he's the greatest thing that I could possibly get. But none of that happens mm-hmm. unless the Holy Spirit first quickens and renews us and brings us, like you said, Ephesians 2, we were dead in our sin. We were dead. What? Dead. And and the Holy Spirit makes us alive, and then we're able to make decisions. We're able to choose Christ where before we didn't have the ability.
1: And this is what to just echo what you're saying, Romans six four says, "We were therefore buried with him in Christ through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the, from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life." And this idea that, hmm. that the power that resurrected Christ from the dead is the same power that that truly I mean resurrected us, like, regenerated us from from dead, brought us from death to life, and um, nothing yet. People people can get weird when you talk about the Holy Spirit, the power that you know, because people can twist that. But as believers, as followers of Christ, who have the Holy Spirit indwelling us, I and mean, that's not like, um, and and I even, I mean, I'm guilty of this often. Like, this isn't just like a roommate or you know a constant like, th- like this is God. In you, I mean, this mm. is like the creator of the universe, the power that resurrects people from the dead is in us to help us become more like Christ. And mm. yeah. just as it says, right as when my, the, the part I read talking about how we cannot choose, there's not foreknowledge, said, and being dead in sins and trespasses, it says, until being quickened and renewed by the Holy Spirit. Like, that's the power of, of Christ in us, and that's the hope of glory.
0: Mm, baby. Mm. That'll, that That'll preach will preach scripture baby <laughs> that'll preach so, um okay oh go ahead i was
1: gonna talk about the, the last thing i have marked up here
0: go ahead so take it, away. Point
1: three, it says um elect infants dying oh yeah this, this is in a good point are regenerated and saved by christ through the spirit who worketh when and where and how he pleases so also are all elect persons who are incapable of being outwardly called by the ministry of the word. Okay, so this is um, dealing with those either who, who die before they can make a clear confession or, or those who never have the ability to con- make a confession, maybe handicapped. Now, I'm going to disagree with this point here because it's saying elect yeah. infants or elect people who, who are incapable of being outwardly called. Um, I would say... And, and there's a good article by Sam Storms, among other people, who, who agree with the same thing. I would say that any um, any infant or any person who doesn't have the mental capacity to, to acknowledge who God is or to accept him and deny him and they die, um, I think they're going to heaven. I think they're, they're in heaven. So one of the things yeah. um, people point to a lot is when um, David and Bathsheba... They do their deed. Yep. She's pregnant, and the, the Lord judges them, and he he takes away that child. and And David is weeping while you know things are going on. And then once they know that the child has died, um, David they, they tell David. David gets up and, and pretty much says, "I'm not going to cry anymore. I'm gonna because I will be with him. I will join that child," implying that that child is in glory, and David will eventually be there with him. But yeah, also Second
0: Samuel. Well, I was going to read the verse for you, Second Samuel twelve twenty three. But now he is dead. Why should I fast? This is David talking. Can I bring him back again? Mm-hmm. I shall go to him, but he will not return to me.
1: So, so there's one instance. Um, but then I want to talk about in, in Romans chapter one verse twenty says, "For since the creation of the world, God's invisible, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen." Being understood from what has been made so that man is without excuse. This idea, we talked about this before, that God reveals himself to all men. And so all men are accountable.
0: Um, But only males, right?
1: (laughs) All human beings. (laughs) Only men. (laughs) Darn it. Um, No, so this idea that that all mankind, that God has revealed himself to. But but for one, an infant... Um, or a, a baby or a young young child, they do not have the ability to to understand that awareness. Neither would someone who's yeah. who's um, mentally handicapped to some degree to understand that that revelation. So so this very thing that Romans one, chapter one verse twenty is saying, like listen, everyone's guilty because everyone what's those who have the ability to, to acknowledge that. And it, we're gonna link to this article in the show notes and it explains that and several other points. But just thought, man, I really want to touch on this because. <clears throat> Everyone knows someone who's either lost a child um, yeah. maybe they've had a miscarriage or there's a young child that passed away and, and you know there's people even people who have who have made the the heartbreaking decision to to have an abortion um and we know that that child is with God doesn't make abortion okay doesn't make hey they're all going to you know that's not at all a a, a supporter of um, pro-choice abortion lifestyle or movement, I should say. Um, but having said that, I just want to add a footnote that there is forgiveness in Christ and there is, um, restitution in the sense. And just as David said, like that child will never come and join you, but you can, when you go to glory, if you, Trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can see that child again. So there is an eternal hope there, Um, and so this is a point where I would disagree with the old London Baptists
0: and the Westminster, Westminster. Um, but yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I think I think John Piper even even talks about this um, in in an article somewhere Mm -hmm. on desiring God, or maybe it's an Ask Pastor John or something like that. But but he essentially argues for the same argument that Sam Storms lays out. So there you go. If you uh, if if you get that article, send it over to me. and I'll put it in the show notes. It's
1: in. It's in the. It's a comment there. Um,
0: you click on number you'll three show me afterwards. What's that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. I see. Wow, yeah. oh, baby. Google Docs. Google Docs. It's there I'll for tell you. What? It's there for you. Okay, so uh, wrapping up here. Head, heart, hands. Rick. When it comes head to our hands, and hands. We need a. We need an audio clip. <laughs> Someone wants to create that for us. That'd be great. Um, when it comes to our head. Yes. What should this increase our confidence in?
1: So it should increase our confidence and make us um, more understanding of God's sovereign plan and his desire of how he does save man and work. So there's an element of a more clear understanding of the sovereignty and the working of God related to salvation. Um, so there's a lot of things like as far as you know, how we, we can respond to that. We need to be gracious to people. We need understanding to people. We don't need to go around evangelizing and saying, hey, are you are you God's chosen or not? Um, you, you lay out the gospel and you give them the ability to respond. If they respond for it, then that's the Lord working. Um, if not, then that's them making their free will choice to, to deny it. <laughs> um, so we don't need to go beating this over people's heads um, because if God's sovereign and he is, however he's working he will f- see it through
0: yeah yeah and, and i mean you just hit on um head and hands there like we're still called to evangelize mm-hmm. just because god has chosen before the foundation of the world does not mean that we know who he's chosen and as the confession said like he uses various means and he will use any amount of means that he sees fit and what we know for a fact is that one of the means one of the primary means that he mm-hmm. uses is his people yeah. sharing the gospel yeah. and praying for non-believers, that they would come to faith. So he uses their actions and in, in speaking the gospel to others. He uses their prayers and praying for others. So be praying for non-believers around you. Be praying uh, that God would give you evangelistic opportunities, and then be out there sharing the gospel. Mm. Um, but then, when it comes to our heart, um, it should just as as we hit on earlier. Like man, we didn't we didn't do anything to deserve this. This is this is not just a gift. It is the greatest gift that we could ever be given. Ephesians two talks about how faith is a gift. Ephesians two, eight and nine. Like this faith that we've been given was because God first chose us and then made us alive in Christ and then gave us an understanding in the gospel so that we would embrace it. And so all of that is a gift and it should lead us to greater gratitude. Hopefully, most of the doctrines that we talk about would lead us to greater gratitude and love for God. But, but man, this one especially, like the magnifying glass, is on gratitude and on praise to God for what He has done mm-hmm. in this doctrine because it is completely apart from ourselves and apart from Him first acting. Yeah, we would have nothing to do with Him.
1: And I just again reinforce this doesn't get us up. We are clearly called to evangelism. Um, this it doesn't get us off the hook. It doesn't. It's not like, hey, God's going to do it. You know, we've talked about that many times. We are to be an evangelizing people. Um, yeah. If you refuse what, I mean, to evangelize, there's, there's an obedience the, issue there because it's a command. But also, exactly. If you refuse
0: to, if you refuse to evangelize, you're sinning. Yeah. Like you're, you're failing to love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. and then you're also neglecting a command that God's given us.
1: Well, and and then if God has regenerated your heart, what great news! Like how. Yeah, I mean, it's like winning the lottery. Like, how would you, and, and you had like a winning ticket for, like your neighborhood. Like, how would you not go share that with people, right? Yeah. Right? It's like, ah, I'm just gonna sit here. Like, no, like this is for eternity. This is for God's yeah. glory. This is for their good. Like, get out there.
0: Yeah, and, and and look, that doesn't mean that we're like killer evangelists or anything like whoa, that. Uh, like, it's just we want to be on the on the lookout for opportunities to talk about the gospel, to talk about what God has done. Um, and but just, I just don't think, kind of be don't hyper killer aware killer of the opportunities that are does, around does us. A
1: phrase we want to use on that one? Say what? I just don't. I feel like that's um, killer evangelism. I mean, that's kind of. <laughs> <it's> yeah,
0: like, <laughs> I guess. I guess that would be a little bit of a strange way to describe evangelism.
1: I'm just killing it out there, let me tell you.
0: <laughs> I am killing these folks.
1: Killing it, killing with kindness, you know.
0: All right, Rick. Anything? Any last comments before we uh, wrap this? The shindig up.
1: The shindig. Um, well, I am.
0: By now, ex- the Steelers are probably down like thirty-five, nothing,
1: twenty to nothing. Um,
0: oh my goodness! So
1: Just bad. started the second half. Um, I am, am eagerly and anxiously awaiting my new, um, simple theology merchandise from Yo. the new simple theology website and store shop thing. Um, and and we're just gonna say like right now we. Rob, you can quickly explain like how we're doing this drop shipping, where like each individual item is is kind of being made as it's ordered. So it's not like we're buying like fifty of each thing, and because one, because we don't want you know like three hundred articles of clothing, we don't know what to do. a yeah. goodwill. Um, because we're doing the drop ship thing, it's just more expensive. So if there's enough interest, and we hope there is, and enough people, uh, enough people buy the stuff, then we will get the prices down.
0: Yep, yep. So. We've already gotten some comments on on the website. Thank you guys for sending those in. Um uh I haven't Any new phone at calls? all of them. Um I haven't checked. Did, uh, so check it for the next episode. If uh, you're thinking about sending us one, send us one. Leave us and a message. Uh, 614 614 233
1: 1098. Again, that's
0: 614
1: 233
0: 1098. Yep. And then you can find out more about us at our website, Sim- org. Follow us on social media, which means Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is slash simpletheology. Instagram we- is at simpletheologypod. Or you can get our attention on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by doing hashtag simpletheologypod.
1: Are we, um, do you do much on Facebook for the podcast?
0: Anything that goes on um, like one is typically on the other.
1: Okay. Cool. Well, keep keep yeah. doing your, your, your magic there, buddy. You're you're so. call magic. it magic. Glad you're doing it, admin. Not me. <laughs>
0: All right. All right. Anything else, man?
1: Hey, appreciate you guys listening and um, just had another conversation with someone the other day who's like, "Oh, I'll listen to the episode or to the podcast," and that just always surprises me. So.
0: Um, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. We do, we really do appreciate it.
1: You know, a sp- special shout-out. Got to hang out a little special bit. Special shout-out. Candace's good man. friend Gina. Gina was the first one to give us any kind of review on the iTunes. Oh, so, Gina. Gina, we appreciate you.
0: On the iTunes. you That's old man.
1: it. And, all right, folks. Well, peace all out. All right,
0: y'all. Have a good night. Hopefully, Sears can fold around. But nope. by the time this drops, we'll know that they probably didn't. Bye. So. <laughs> Peace out,